This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. you down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life work family and the pursuit of an anti-racist community hi i'm audrey and i'm melanie what What say say you sister how are you today i'm doing good melanie denise cunningham how are you i'm well you sure look cute today thank you oh my goodness did you get new glasses I did. Oh my! Like a month ago. Oh, okay. But I haven't <laughs> seen you. You've been traveling. Yeah, yeah. These are my um, Versace's. Thank you. Oh, those are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let's check in. What's been happening with you? Um, nothing. Just living while black and uh, <laughs> walking around being black and observing <laughs> other people being other people and black people and white people and the Asian man at the market and I'm just really into looking at differences and and trying to feel like if I see a white person, I'd be looking at them and looking at them and I feel like, do I feel some kind of way about them? I'd be like, no, I need to find, I I just kind of want to find out their name. Mm. I don't understand. I know you didn't ask me all this. You just asked me what I've been doing. (laughs) I just asked you how you doing. I've been really trying to examine how somebody could dislike or or hate or have ill twil- ill feelings towards somebody else just because of the color of their skin. I, I, I'm looking at people like the Asian man at the market where I go get my... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I smoke. But, um, <laughs> where you go get your cigarettes? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you just said you did. <laughs> um, I don't anymore. I quit. Um, wink, wink. But... I'm looking at him and he's the nicest guy and his wife is really nice. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I don't think, I can't be racist. They just good people. I see individual people. I don't see a race. So what goes on in someone's head that would allow them to have ill feelings, hate somebody that you don't even know? So girl... I just asked you how you was doing. I know. That's what I've been doing. I'm sorry. That was a you, long answer. You went way <laughs> over there, which I understand because the the heightened the heightened race rhetoric that is coming from the top of our nation has us all on edge. So I understand a simple question like how you doing has just sparked a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. Let me just tell you how I'm doing. How are you? I'm sorry. Girl, I just have to come down a little bit. How are you, Melanie? I'm good. I'm just busy being a doctoral student, and I have a lot of stress going on um, being a black doctoral student because, you know, there's not a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And so race shows up in a lot of different ways as as I'm entering a new room. Okay. You know, and what... um, what my professors at my new student orientation last year used as a metaphor 
for us to wrap our heads around becoming a doctoral student is to pretend like you're in a cocktail party, like you've entered a room and you how are you going to add to the conversation? What is your scholarly voice going to add to the voices in your particular discipline already? But I can't get past the fact that when I walk into the room, I'm the only black person in the room. So, hell, I'm just I'm going to be adding flavor right. just because I'm in the room. Mm-hmm. And then it's a lot of stress because all the voices coming at me, why, 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 with their scholarly scholarly rhetoric. um. I have to figure out how to discern how that rhetoric is going to apply to me. So I'm just tired, girl. I know now I didn't win off mm-hmm. on a whole <laughs> another tangent because I'm looking at this whole hate and the rise of just the boldness of the uh, racist ideology in our faces, and then I'm super sensitive as I look at it in the literature. Yes. So I'm just saying uh, that's how I'm doing. Okay. That's how I'm doing, and I'm living while black. Living while black. And that's what we want to talk about today, living while black, because... Girl. (laughs) Yesterday, you Mm. heard something on the news or on however you get your news. How do you get your news? I Well, you know, I work from home, so I have the, the television on while I'm working in Mm -hmm. the background Mm -hmm. and I only watch it when I take my lunch break. Uh, That's the disclaimer. But so I get to see the, I get to see the news uh, every day. It comes Mm -hmm. on, I watched uh, Como, the one that comes on at 11. Okay. And then I also. ABC. mm Mm-hmm. And then I also um, watch CNN sometimes Mm -hmm. in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, Facebook is a plethora of mm-hmm. real and fake. Mm-hmm. But I learned about this particular one from um, from Facebook, and it was on the news, so I know that it was uh, it was true. Yeah. So, what we're talking about living while black actually just took us down a whole nother lane, and we was like, oh, we. We need to expose this or at least have some fun with it. So tell tell your story. So this one that I saw on Facebook, and you guys have all, I'm pretty sure you guys have all seen some living living while uh, black situations uh, in social media as well as on television. I think it all started with, uh, she got named Barbecue Barbecue Becky. Becky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Barbecue Becky was the first. And then, of course, as we decided to start talking about this today, uh, Mel, you've uncovered many uh, of them to uh, the point where it's like, are you kidding? No, I didn't hear about that one. <laughs> what? No, how'd I miss that one? But the one that I saw just uh, just yesterday where the guy... Um, black guy. And this is a black guy, and this is in a suburb of Michigan. And apparently it is some place where, where not a lot of uh, black people are typically there. So this young black man is standing outside this restaurant, minding his own business, waiting for his girlfriend so they can go inside and eat. A white woman who is parked across the street calls 911 because she said the black man was staring at her. Mm. Okay? He, what? what? He was staring at her from across the he's, street? He's staring at her from across the street. She called 911. 
And the police came. Mm. A la- another lady who is was uh, walking down the street saw this happening, so she recorded it. And the police are asking this man, you know, where is he from and wanted to get his ID. And this young man is, is like, no. And he asked for a supervisor. So they had to wait for the supervisor to come. With that said, uh, then the then the owner of the restaurant comes out. She's seen all this unfolding and she's telling the police, hey, he's just waiting for, you know, waiting for his girlfriend. And so long story short, the police let him go. Now, mind you, let him go from what? For standing up, being just standing, being black, living while having black. eyes and looking somewhere, living while black, and uh, and it says right here they detained him right here I'm, for like I'm 19, 20 minutes, nineteen minutes, yeah, nineteen minutes they detained him just for breathing and standing and being black because mm-hmm. some white woman across the street, girl. Now you remember when I was talking about? Well, let me let me wrap up how this ended. This ended with the police letting him go, and I'm using air quotes. Because how do you let somebody go for something that 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 they weren't nothing happened? Because they had standing. really no legal no, right to detain him in none, the first place. Absolutely none. So they let him go. He goes in. He and his girlfriend uh, go in, and they have um, they have their their meal. And the the restaurant owner comped the meal because she just felt so she didn't do anything bad, but she mm-hmm. felt bad about what had happened to him. And then the next day, um, the police department. Uh, issued an apology, which mm. I thought was great that they, you know, because they never issue apologies. And but the apology had some, you know, little uh, little phrases and stuff in there. Yeah, that... let me let me go there for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so police. I'm reading an article here from Inside Edition where it says police had no legal right to request Myers' identification. Said Royal Oaks Police Chief, his name who apologized on behalf of the department for the incident. This is what he said. What should have been a very short encounter was extended when the officer involved insisted on getting Mr. Myers' identification. The officer had no legal right to demand the identification and should have simply advised Mr. Myers why we were there and allowed him to go on his way. Now, I think this is where um, you're going to have something to say, is that... um, the officer will be provided with remedial training. Okay. <laughs> remedial training to address the issue. But be- before you go to the training issue, mm-hmm. sister, mm-hmm. why didn't the, I want to, I feel like I want to cuss. I just want to say, why can didn't we the cuss? damn, the nine, uh, uh, Doug, can we cuss? We just gonna get a, a ruling it's, from our producer. It, it's too late now. You, you, <laughs> did I say the word? <laughs> well, then why did the damn nine one one dispatcher girl, girl even let that one out? Let me the, tell you. If you were the nine one one dispatcher, what? Tell me what you would say. Ring, hello. I would like to report a black man. He's across the street staring at me, and I feel unsafe, ma'am. And and where are you right now? Across the street. Across, ma'am, across the street from the black man? Yes. And are you standing or are you where? I'm in my car and he's staring at me. Okay, so. I don't feel safe. He's a black man. He's across the street staring at me. Ma'am, let me make sure I understand this. You are in your car. Yes. In your car. Are your doors (laughs) locked? Yes. And 
the black man is across the street? <laughs> yes. And does he have a gun? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I does don't he have a weapon, ma'am? Does he have a no, weapon? He's just sitting in the car staring at me. And he's staring at you and you feel unsafe? <laughs> yeah. And you're in your car, ma'am? <laughs> yes. Bitch move! Drive! What the hell? We ain't coming out there, no. Hell no. Coming out there because you scared in your car. Girl, do you have your keys? Yeah. Do you have... You know what? Click. That's what, that's the way that 911 call should have gone. Oh, I'm laughing because, my goodness. That's so stupid. It is so stupid. Why do they even waste our taxpayer dollars on the intake? That's what I'm saying. On the intake that, of the call. Yes. On the intake. We, we need... I'm going to go do... I am volunteering at no charge... And I have airline miles, so I can even get there. Do you understand? I understand. For free to go do remedial training. But my remedial training is robust. It's only going to take about five minutes, though. Mm -hmm. To the 911 staff there. What is that in Royal Parks, Royal Oaks? Royal Oaks. In Royal Oaks, Michigan, I can come down. And I can save your little city a whole lot of money because I'm going to train your 911 dispatchers. When people like that call, yeah, and I'm gonna call her Car City Carol. I'm gonna name her. <laughs> when, I love that. You like uh, that? Car, one? City, Car City Carol. When Car City Carol call, I'm gonna train your dispatchers to add. Did you hear the clarifying questions that I asked as the dispatcher? Did you hear that? Yes. And then when you know it's stupid. You just gonna sit, tell them we ain't coming out there and hang up. That's okay. gonna save your city so much money. So let's try this one. Okay. Okay. Sarah Barash, she called the cops on the woman sleeping on the couch in her dormitory. I remember that. Was that at Yale or? Yeah. So um, yeah, one of the Ivy League schools. Yes. So I'm gonna go like ring. Yeah. Black Yale student took a nap in a dorm, common room. And the white woman called the cops on her. Okay, ring. Hello. Uh, I would like to report a black woman sleeping on the. She's sleeping on the couch in in the dorm room, in the in the dormitory. She sleep. Um. Okay. So. I'm nine one one dispatch. I'm I don't always feel here. safe. She sleep on the okay. couch. Okay, ma'am. I'm 911 dispatch. I am here to help you. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. Yes. Now where are you, ma'am? I'm in the I'm in the room across the way looking at her sleep on the couch. Okay, ma'am. So, just so I understand, you're in your room, but and the lady, the the black person is in She's across the room. She's across the room. I came in my door. And here she is. Sleeping on the couch, she taking she 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 taking a nap. Okay, on the couch. Ma'am, calm down, calm down. I'm gonna. I'm. I know I can help you with this. So you're in your room, correct? Yes. And there no, is no. I'm in the common area. She's out here in front of everybody. Okay, sleeping. you're in the common area. Do you have? Where is your room, ma'am? Upstairs. Your room is upstairs. So you have a room that is in the building that's upstairs. <laughs> yes. That you can get away from this black yes. woman that is yes. sleeping. Okay, ma'am. Yes. You know what? <laughs> we ain't coming out. Bitch, go to your room. <laughs>
We ain't coming out there. Click. How about that one? Girl. Yes. Why do they even dispatch? I don't know. Girl. Okay, I got... Girl. Okay, wait. Now, this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which one is this? And I want y'all to know, listeners, we are not making this up. No, we're not. Okay, these are actual, actual situations that have happened. Living while black. Living while black. Okay, ready. Mm-hmm. Ring. Ring, ring, 911 ring. dispatch. How can I help you? What's your emergency? <laughs> I want the police to come out because the black people at the pool won't talk to me because I'm depressed and they're happy. Okay, ma'am. And they won't talk to me. Ma'am, ma'am, okay. Um, I'm I'm calm down. I'm here to help you. So just so I, just so I can ensure that I understand what you're saying, yes. you're at the pool. Yes. And the what are the black people doing exactly? They're swimming and having a good time. They're, and I and I'm depressed. Okay, ma'am. And they won't talk to me. Okay, ma'am. So now, ma'am, can I ask you? Um, do you realize that you called nine one one? Yes. They're not. They're not supposed to be happy. I asked that black woman to talk to me, and she said no. <gasps> Come get them. Okay. Okay, ma'am. So just so I'm clear again. You're at the pool yes. and you're depressed. Yes. And there are black people at the pool yes. who appear to be happy. Yes, they're having fun. And and you went to one of the black people yes. and asked them to talk to you yes. because you're depressed <laughs> and the black person said no. That's right. She said no. And that's ma'am, and that's when you called 911. Yes, they have no right. Okay, ma'am. I, I I can help you with this. Let me tell you something. We ain't coming out there. Bitch, take your depressed ass to the doctor. Bye. How about that one? I love it. Just think if the 9-1 at the intake. That's the intake. They can stop it. Right there in its tracks. Girl. I, I don't, I don't. You know what? This sounds like this... Since we're doing it this way, uh-huh. it sounds like a Saturday Night Live sketch. It sounds absolutely un all of this. But living sounds absolutely unreal. Living, I mean, you would think was it Eric Garner that just that had cigarettes Cig- selling loose cigarettes on the corner, selling loose Dead. cigarettes. Dead. Dead. Um, well, it all started with Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin. Just it started in it the all. neighborhood. But guess what? Let's see, let's back up. <clears throat> this had been happening even before Trayvon Martin. Yep. Okay, black teens, black men, black people being killed, being harassed, being you know incarcerated. All of this had been going on bef- all before. Trayvon Martin was the first one that was. Uh, so much publicized and 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 uh so that's when I say it's all started with Trayvon Martin. It started way before it started, it started way before social media and all of that stuff. I got one more. I got go one ahead, more. Go ahead. Okay, because this one in Tacoma. Ooh. This one happened in Tacoma. Our backyard has been soiled with this stupidity. Girl. So this one said that we call her Maggie the manager. Okay, Maggie. And um 
So since this was inside the retail, they don't really call, you know, you're not calling 911. Okay. I think you're calling the retail security. Like the, the mall security, like mall cop? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so in this particular situation, um, ring, ring. 911, what's your emergency? So there are some uh, black women in the dressing room trying on clothes. That I think they're going to steal. Okay, ma'am. I'm. You realize you called nine one one. Yes. All right, ma'am. Are this you? This is mall security. That's oh, what we got. That's mall right. Security. I'm sorry, ma'am. Or sorry, retail security. So this is mall cop Audrey. I, I can I'm, I can help you. Calm down. So please, so I can understand exactly what it is that you need. I heard you say there are some black women. Yes. In the dressing room. Yes. Trying on clothes. Yes. And you think they're going to steal. Yes. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. because I am the manager okay. of this place. Okay. Let me tell you that I have read on the loudspeaker the theft policy. I have stood right outside of their door where they are trying on clothes that I think they're going to steal. So I read the theft policy out loud on the loudspeaker so that they could hear me. And do you know what? They had the nerve to come and ask to speak to the manager that they wanted to talk to somebody else. I told them I am the manager and they said to call security. So I'm calling you. Come get them because I think they're going to steal. Okay. Hmm. So let me digest all of that information. So the black people that are in the dressing room haven't stolen anything. No, correct? not yet. Okay. I just think not, they're going to. You think they're going to steal. Mm-hmm. And I heard you say that you have advised them of the theft policy over the loudspeaker. Yes. Ma'am, is that your normal uh, course of business? Do you do that with every customer who goes into the dressing well, room? Well, every customer is not going to steal, but these I think they are. So I had to let them know of the policy. I They know the policy. And so they are there, they are there after you read the policy to them when they had not stolen anything and you read the policy over the loudspeaker, they asked for you to call security? Yeah. They had the nerve to be upset Mm -hmm. that I would do something like that. And I told them I was going to call security and they said, please. Okay. Well... I'm so glad that you were able to answer my clarifying questions. And what did you say your name was? What's my name? We could just call it Becky. What'd you say? Okay. Maggie. Maggie the manager. Maggie the manager. Um, I, I, I need to let you know right now, bitch, we ain't coming down there. And I and if I do come down there, I'ma be with the black people and we all gonna steal something. You hear me? We're going to steal your dignity. Click. Click. Now, let me tell you what the company said. I was going to say something else, but it wasn't. um, This is what the company said. What the company said. We strive to make each and every customer of our stores feel at home and welcome. We regret that this was not the case in this instance, and we apologize publicly to the two customers. We will also make every effort to personally apologize to the women and try to make this right. Now, here we go. Similarly, oh excuse me, I'm the- sorry. I was snoozing through. I was snoozing through that. Here we that go. Apology. Mm-hmm. This is gonna sound familiar. Okay. In addition, 
We are scheduling a company-wide oh, training don't tell initiative me about training. Oh, as my soon God. as possible to ensure that nothing like this happens in any of our stores in the future. Girl, let me tell you. A I training initiative. Girl, and, uh, oh, training. Oh, my. You know what? I am in the training field, and I believe that I'm going to segue into going around training the barbecue uh, Beckys and the and barbecue the, Becky and Maggie the manager, Maggie the manager. But I'm gonna I'm gonna sync up with these corporations that issue. The, the, these apologies are like stale bread. Like, you what ever the hell? A, you ever bought a loaf of bread and then it get down to like you know the 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 last one before the butt of the bread and then it's all hard and stale mm-hmm. and you wind up throwing it away. That's what these apologies are like. They are so bland and so wah, still. There's wah, not. You just do wah. it because you have to. Because you got caught. Your I culture tell you what, is me, exposed. The, look, in this day and age right now, with all of this happening, people like Maggie, the manager, she needs to get fired. You can't mm-hmm. do nothing with her. Mm-mm. The fact that she would even. Who does that? Girl, she read the theft policy. At the door, while the sisters was uh, contemplating buying the merchandise, oh my God. she has already determined, but for their skin color, they got to steal. That they was gonna steal. Yes. What can you? What kind of training can you do with that? Girl, nothing. Just kick them to the curb. The risk manager should be turning it over in, you know, the desk. Their desk chair is spinning around and they going to be dizzy. Because, you know, that sounds like a lawsuit to me. Oh, that sounds like I want. Because you know what? At the, um, here, let me let me just read here at the bottom. Because it sounds like girlfriend uh, um, had it all laid out right here. She's uh, one of the, the persons that was part of the incident. She said, here we go. The mental trauma mm-hmm. I am experiencing can't be fixed with an apology. The incident that happened can't be fixed with training employees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The mistreated shopper said that she was humiliated well, and basically felt inhuman mm-hmm. in the moment of such hatred. Oh, oh, she's so articulate. She, oh, <laughs> she is well-spoken. Well Girl, listen, remember... When we were when we were outside and we were talking about how we need to, we would flip the script yes and and how people need to start start reacting yes Let's when you teach are, a little when bit. you are living as people listen living as living while black when you're living while black and and one of these macro aggressions yes. comes to you you are just minding your own business. And you live in wild black and somebody comes up to you and they commit this macro aggression of, you know, being in charge, telling you you got to go, uh, privilege all yeah, out all on in their privilege. OK, so like the like the um, the young boy. Well, not him, because the, the homegirl was across the street in the car. She, yeah, he wasn't even by her. But let's say the. Um, the Maggie, the manager, even Maggie, yeah, the, Maggie manager, the manager, this would be good because I know Maggie, you the say. manager. When Maggie, the manager, start reading that uh, script out loud, or no, when Maggie, the manager, is on the phone with security, yes, then that is the time to do what? Fall out! Fall out! Help! Help! Oh my God! Help! Help! Oh, oh my God! I'm being assaulted! Call nine one one, please! Oh, this white privilege is smothering me! Oh. I can't breathe! I can't breathe! Oh, the white privilege! She threw it at me! Help! She 
Don't call the police. Call the ambulance. The at girl, you know. Girl, I'm, that's big th- deal. I'm telling and you. Strategy. Gotta get strapped on. You got to get strapped in and on that stretcher, girl. Call the ambulance. Look, mm-hmm. this is there is time out. All I'm saying now is time out. It is living while black, yep. being assaulted by white privilege. Time it, out. So we got to keep talking more about strategies to combat this. Okay, we'll be right back. All right. This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. Most colleges raise tuition each year, but they don't increase their students' scholarships or financial aid. That means that students and their families are often forced to pay upwards of ten dollars to $12,000 more than they expected. This can push families into financial hardship or force students to leave their university with debt and without a degree. At PLU, we're stopping that cycle. That's why our fixed tuition guarantee ensures that your cost of tuition will be locked in from your first day to your graduation day. Learn more at plu.edu slash tuition. Girl, you so crazy. But listen, it is imperative that we get smart about the attacks that are on us as black people living while black. Now, just think about what would you do? Let's see. What would the strategy be? If the with the depressed white woman, oh. if she came up and said, "Talk to me," and I said no, now she calling the police on oh. me. What? <laughs> I, oh my God! I, I'm thinking of something. What? 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 What you? What you? What say I you? would be I the strategy there because clearly, homegirl is not. She this this that, that's a million dollars worth right there mm-hmm. because clearly <laughs> the she, black people won't talk to me, officer. She's They're not happy. depressed. She's stupid. So this would be the perfect opportunity to take advantage of a stupid person. Mm. I would be like, again, screaming is everything, right? Yes. I would start off with the screams. Ah! Ah! She hit me. Just make up some lies because she's stupid. She's so busy on the phone. And everybody else probably ain't paying attention, but you have your corroborating witnesses and the other women that were there. I just start lying. Ah! No, but say she hit me. She hit no, me. No, don't no. say lying. We gonna stay within the system. She did mm-hmm. hit you. I'm she hit you with stupid. stupidity. She hit you with her stupidness. Oh, I like that. She hit. That's me with all her I'm stupidness. saying. She yeah, hit you true. with the stupidness. Yeah. If they can make up stuff. Yeah. On us living while black. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can tell the truth. Stupid just hit me. <laughs> I've been assaulted by stupidity because it's just as dumb for the officer to be out there for, right. you know, investigating um, the black woman won't talk to me. Well, yeah, officer, because st- the white woman hit me with stupid. That's assault. I, I, I love that. I've been assaulted by stupidity. Now, where's your report? Yes. You're going to make report a report? Report this. You're going to make a report. Or you get another way while she's on the phone with 911, you call 911. Yes, exactly. And that's when you're screaming. Yeah. And that's when, that's, yep, I'm looking at it right now. Y'all hurry up. Y'all hurry up. The fact we are making, we are making very light of this because I think that there, at, at this stage of the game, there has to be some lightness to it because otherwise it's, when you really look heavy. at the reality of it, it is so deep to walk around in, in, 
in a body and skin color that you cannot change as an individual who has done nothing to anybody. Nothing. And knowing that there are people out there who hate you or find you or find you uh, find fear in the in the very in your very presence. Just because of the color of your skin. That's deep. And there's so many ways that you can process it. But sometimes there has to be, you have to laugh because otherwise it gets too heavy. And let me just say this because, you know, I'm the peace queen. Mm -hmm. And so people, uh, because of that, people have, they give me trust. So they tell me stuff. So in the last couple of weeks, I have... Um, being approached by people that are being assaulted, racially assaulted in their workplace. Okay. And so I'm curious. Here, Here's a, a sanitized version of a situation and tell me what you think. Because I'm curious what responsibility do employers have to care for their employees? Mm-hmm. This particular employee is working in a public-facing environment. So customers come in. Um, This person is on the front line of receiving the public. This public person coming in, this person coming in seeking service is dissatisfied with this person on the other side and called her a nigger bitch. Oh, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. Called her a nigger bitch and all other kinds of words. <clears throat> That's assault. That is absolutely assault. But the employer, please. Oh, I don't want to hear this. I don't. La la la. The la, employer still service this person. No. Force the person to service the person. No. And then basically, two of the supervisors inside of that situation, um. Told the told the employee basically that it was their fault. Oh, M, G. So now the situation has become Mm-mm. all about the employee Mm-mm. and no responsibility Mm-mm. of the organization Mm-mm. to support the employee in their traumatized state. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being at work? No. And and a and a, a customer comes up and Mm-mm. calls you a nigger bitch. Nope. 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 I mean just nope because they can. Mm-mm. And your employees your employer does nothing. Nope. That's not even on the radar of uh reality for me. Mhm. Because so whoever this employer is well, first of all, do they deserve anonymity? Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah, because I don't, you know, I'm not trying to tell everybody. You don't want to breach the trust of the— I don't want to of... breach the trust, but I can talk about it in in the, the broad. broadest context mm-hmm. because this is what happened. Well, I would, I would, um, if I were that employee, I would suggest that— first thing that I would do, though, is I am traumatized. I am— uh, if if you have uh, FMLA or paid medical leave or whatever, take yeah. it, boo. Take, take it. it. Do you understand? Because there is absolutely 
no reason other than your employer devaluing you that an employer would not protect you from that and not help you through the trauma of that. Mm-hmm. And serving that person? Oh, hell no. And and the person said it where where other people, other customers, everybody everybody heard it. It wasn't Oh it wasn't no. like it was just a one on one exchange. It's Mm-mm. like out in the lobby, you know, like Mm-mm. and so then those same customers saw this person have no <clears throat> no consequences that they just got service. I I hope and pray that I do not patron that that place or wherever that employment, but I would tell that uh that employee, you have rights. Yeah. You have rights and I don't care if your immediate supervisors are ignorant, which it sounds like they are, mm-hmm. because the way that that was handled, that is handled that was handled through ignorance. But see, sister, here's here's the deal, which I which my heart hurts. There Excuse me. There are There are a lot of black and brown people right now that are being abused in their workplace because of the emboldenedness of people that are following the lead from the top of this nation that are bringing this to work. Mm -hmm. And so people are fearful. Mm -hmm. And, And this is where where my ministry, if you will, is coming in. Because, you know, I worked as an equal employment opportunity officer for many years. That, yes. is, that is the foundation of how I even entered the workplace. People are scared of standing up to... They're, they're scared of getting fired. And so coming from a person that's been fired before, you know, it ain't no big deal. Well, You know, you rise again. But then... Do you rise with your values intact? Are you going to let someone treat you as you have no value for the sake of a paycheck? No. Because, see, no. if you fall no. out, call the ambulance. Look, <gasps> right? Let me, girl. Oh, Lord. There are. Um, I have been racially attacked. Yes, yes. And you traumatize. You traumatize, and you you got medical leave. You got there are all different ways. There there are a lot of different ways to play the game, because and when I say play the game, you didn't start the game. The game started the minute that your your leadership let you know that you were not valued. That's when it started, and where where things often go wrong is the immediate response that the receiver may have instead of instead of knowing your rights knowing your options and 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 being calm enough to make a plan a lot of times it's it's you know it's a reactionary where 
Now you get it gets turned around on you because now you mad, you screaming, you cussing, yep. and now you violated something, and now you you gonna get fired anyway. Yep. For so every action, the, there's a reaction. The first thing, the very first thing in this this topic about abuse at work, the very first thing, whatever job you have, you have to really, really, in your heart. Not be afraid of being fired. Yeah. You got to be able to look unemployment in its face and go, oh, well, at least I at least I have my dignity and I have my pride and I will get this is not the only job in, in the world and I will get another one. What I will not do ever is let somebody treat me less than in the name of a job or a title. That's not going to happen. Mm-mm. And let me tell you, people. Once you have gone without a job, I've never been fired. I've been laid off. Mm. And once once you go through that one time where unexpectedly you don't have a job and you come come back into the world cuz I that was that was horrifying for me. The first time I got laid off, horrifying. I had no identity w- without a job. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I had to do a lot of work to get out of that. But once you know, once you live through not having a job and then you get another job mm-hmm. and it's always turned out to be a better one for me. Mm-hmm. Once you've gone through it the first time, you are forever free. That's yep. where that's where that fear goes away. Yep. And you could really give a damn. You're going to whatever job you have, you go in there and you give it your 100 percent in all your best. You do the best that you can. What you don't do is allow people to treat you any old kind of way and trample over you in the name of a title or a paycheck. Don't do that because then you will forever. That's slavery, boo. Mm. That's self-slavery. And you will forever be enslaved. So that person that you're talking about, they need to sit down and make a plan on how they're mm-hmm. going to hold these people accountable because mm-hmm. something has to be done without fear of, of losing the job. Oh, well, you lose it. But guess yeah. what? You will gain you will gain your dignity. It makes me think back to over the journey of my career. Well, I I, I only been fired one time and that was my first job. You, I, that? you remember that when I worked for GE? And um, General Electric Mm -hmm. back in the day. And uh, (laughs) so, you know, this is my first job, Mm -hmm. really. And and that's back then when they had the time clocks. Remember where you had to punch in and punch Uh out, clock in, clock out. So my work shift started at 8 o'clock. And I would get there like 8.01. I would punch in 8.01, 8.03, 8.0, you know, it wasn't 8 o'clock and it wasn't 7.59. didn't have 7 in front of it. didn't have 7 in front of it. It was after 8. And uh, I don't think I'd even been there a couple weeks, you know. And they called me in and they let me go. Oh, Uh for being tardy? They fired me for being late all the time. And I remember calling daddy. I was like. They fired me because I'm black. And daddy didn't miss the beat. They said, no, they fired you because you couldn't come to work on time. (laughs) You know, get a grip. And so Uh, early, early on, mm -hmm. I realized in my mind that first of all, first of all, for one of all, for one of all, mm -hmm. like Jaylene would say, for one of all, having a job with a time clock wasn't the kind of job that 
was for me. Was gonna be you wasn't gonna be good at that. <laughs> I was not going hey, to good be know, know thyself good at that. Mm-hmm. Know thyself. And then just soul searching in terms of what you know, getting fired. Oh my God, that just hurt so much. I had to blame everybody. Yeah, I had to you reach couldn't out just and own I it. couldn't get a grip. I could, you know, I just couldn't own it. And then I was scared. What was I gonna do? Because I needed a job. Yes. But once I owned it and got back out there and figured out what environment was best for me, over time. I'm thinking of one job in particular when, you know, when they when you get tired of each other. Yes. This might be a strategy because mm-hmm. people may be trying to fire you and trying to get you to go. I literally just went in to the supervisor. You know, I mean, you just go in and you'd be like, listen, I know you want me to go. And I want to go. Mm-hmm. So why don't you so just how can let we me do off? This? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> just how can let, we do this just, to each other's benefit? Yeah, just let me off. Let's make a, a win-win. Because mm-hmm. then you get laid off, then you have options. You can, right, right. You know, if you quit a job, you don't have no options. Don't ever let anybody make you quit a job. Right. Okay, if they want you to go, you know, you can volunteer to go. But, like, make it work on the paperwork. Well, all of this is about, uh, all I know is the more that you control your own destiny, if you will, the better it will be. You cannot think that just because it's a job that you have no control. There are some things that you, there's a lot, what you always have control over is your dignity and and making sure that you don't let anybody change that. Mm-hmm. Don't ever be on your knees begging massa to keep a job. Don't ever accept something that is inhumane in the name of keeping a job. Yeah, because and, and the you've, the, you've, 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 you've lost you've everything. Lost your soul. You've lost your soul. You've lost your soul. I know one of the young ladies that, I'm glad you said that, because one of the young ladies that, that I was coaching just in the last couple of weeks was faced with that. You know, her employer fired her and then, you know, it was the back and the forth kind of thing. But the things that she was being asked to do were compromising her value and values. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, girlfriend, go ahead and, and do that. But what is that going to say about you and your soul when mm-hmm. the next time? No, put your... Put your um, stake in the ground and stand on your values and just understand if you have any kind of spiritual context about you. And I know, you know, like I said in previous episodes, somewhere in the Bible, you know, (laughs) coming from a Christian perspective, Uh I don't know the scriptures per se, but even we can relate to the Quran and all the others. Somewhere out there in the universe, it talks about... um, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. God will make a way. Yep. Um, you go through your valley experiences to rise. You know, so you have to you have to be tested. Yes. And what and and when you are tested and you come through, you come through as a stronger, stronger. more resilient mm-hmm. person. But when people are attacking you, and our title here, Living While Black, they're attacking you just because you're black. And we're speaking about this in the in this context because of we're black. And mm-hmm. so that's our particular experience. But if they're attacking you because you're a woman and they're attacking you because you're a Muslim and they're attacking you, you know, because of anything for, because of anything that's bullying, where do you stand? 
Well, you stand on who you know yourself to be. And you don't let anybody else change that. And you don't look out to, well, for me, my center is God. That's mm-hmm. my my center. And the cent- with, with, that is, with God as my center, I feel invincible, really, mm-hmm. because I know that everything that happens to me is because of him. And I know that every, everything that I do is, is the test. And it's about staying true to him. So I'm clear with that. Even even when I make mistakes and I you know and I do stuff that may not be good for me, I know it's all about the test and the journey of me becoming the best person that I am because I know that's what God wants for me. Mm-hmm. So anybody extraneous that comes in and try nobody can nobody can make me feel bad about myself. Let me be that clear. You said Nobody. it before, like you're there is mm-mm. something about you. You said it on one of our previous podcasts is about um, you only see the world through your eyes. Through my eyes, I'm yeah. the only set of eyes. I'm that that nobody else has a set of eyes like I do. They mm-hmm. don't see the world like me. They don't like see me. the world they like you do. Through my eyes, I'm the only one. But um, I feel so centered in in myself because I feel very centered for me and God is that I ain't scared of you, whoever mm-hmm. you are. You cannot, you cannot emotionally attack me and, 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 and you can't emotionally puncture me. You just can't. Yeah. The, you, the only thing that, he, that, he, that touches me emotionally is when, um, you know, something illness, sickness, to something family. to the family, friend, but a stranger, are you kidding me? You do not have that power. I don't give it to you. And, and I just don't give it to you. You don't have it. I posted something on my Facebook the other day that has uh, garnered quite a few likes, but it says, when I shut my mouth and turn away, it doesn't mean you've won. It simply means you are not worth any more of my time. That's it. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love I'm that. I'm going to say that again. When I shut my mouth and turn away, it doesn't mean you've won. It simply means you are not worth any more of my time. And so in in these uh, work environments in particular, I have learned, you know, because I have navigated through some minefields, mm-hmm, you know, having mm-hmm. worked in equal employment opportunity investigating complaints of discrimination. So I'm down in the weeds, in the weeds when we're talking about race and racism. And then when when your job is to uplift these things, then you're the moving target and people want to constantly come at you. I have learned to shut my mouth. I don't argue with you anymore. You come at me crazy and I hope I'm speaking a word or speaking life into someone. There's no need to engage no in forth. this negativity Mm-mm. and go back and forth. Just like we said about Ebonics, I tell myself, sit down. Sit down. Just sit down. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Which means sit down. and translates, yes. shut up. Yes. Close my mouth. Walk away. Because it's all good to walk away. You do not have to engage no, you don't. back and forth. Mommy mommy tells us all the time, never argue with the fool cuz you might not know the difference. Exactly. Right? It's just that well, simple. And girl, I have gotten so good at the blink and stare. You know how you did earlier today? 
I'm not going to give away the situation, but you know, you know. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to give away the, give away the no, situation because you a, was, being I was being messy. messy. I was being messy. You were being messy. I'm just telling. The, I can tell it. She, uh, my daughter called and she is hanging out with her father. And it, it is not a big secret that her I'm not a fan of her father. I used to be. Obviously, I married him. But over time, in the divorce, it's a person that I choose not to um, speak to. That's okay. A lot of divorced people are that way. And so, Audrey, <laughs> on FaceTime, <laughs> decides that she's going to turn the phone around and put me on the camera with them. Okay? You you was messy. I was messy. I don't even know why you didn't. Listen, listen, even... listen, friends. Imagine this. I'm sitting here talking to our producer, Doug. Doug, yes, what'd ma'am. you say? What, what say you? Is that, am I telling the truth? <laughs> I saw the whole thing. Yeah, you saw the whole thing. <laughs> I was talking to Doug. I was not even in the conversation. She turns the phone around to me so that now he is there and my daughter is there. People, (laughs) I did not even blink. That was classic. Literally, this is literally. I'm not going to say what you said to me. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll keep that to <laughs> Let's keep that to ourselves. Okay, well, okay, but I did not blink. You didn't. I you gave didn't it blink. no energy. None. I think you, which is what your point is. That's my point. And and that when you didn't blink, you didn't open your mouth, you've just stared, which forced my messy self to have to take the phone, turn, turn it the around, phone back girl. around and take ownership of the conversation. <laughs> You did not engage. I didn't engage. And so from a from a work or relationship perspective or whatever, I was saying that I have gotten so good mm-hmm. at the blink. At mm-hmm. the just nothing. Oh, you just blink. Just, just just I don't I blink and I say nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't even move because that throws people off and redirects when people realize they're not going to get anything from you then it redirects energy like i was forced to turn turn the just camera turn the back phone around and and own that and own that while mm-hmm. i was saying all kind of Doug. you know mm-hmm. we i was on the side but let me let me also um intersect here is that if you're in the workplace and you're you're facing that kind of energy from peers and say even from from supervisors you've got to build a network of so if you're a non-white person then you do have to have a network of white people that you have built trust with that can help you with this support mm-hmm. you know be your accomplice be your support. ally mm-hmm. yeah emotional support and so i may have told the story in other episodes that i do have my ally friends yes. that when something goes down like that then you know you just try to keep keep white people on white people you know mm-hmm. in terms of diffusing that situation that was some strategy that um i absolutely learned from your mother in that because if if I respond to it 
and especially in the moment, knowing how it's feeling, then it is a high probability that I will become the incident. Exactly. That exactly. it will be turned around on me. Mm-hmm. But if I can go and um, bring in my ally, bring in my mentor, tell them what has happened and then allow them to take that there then the chances of resolving the matter are higher. So this this whole idea of living while black and combating racism requires an extreme amount of diplomacy. It does. And so that, if I have to um, offer folks where, especially again with this heightened amount of hate that's coming through, You've got to sharpen your diplomacy skills and you have got to um, unite with others across uh, the races. I like the uh, I like the thought of allies. And um, I know in my life I have some allies as well of non-black that that were in the in the workplace. So that's always been a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know how to how to name them. I just know them as friends. Yep. With that said, they because they were friends, they've always been open to hearing my perspective on how things impact me living while black. Mm-hmm. So that's always been good. Um, the other thing is heightened you talked about heightened diplomacy skills. That's for our we got that from our mother. Yes, we did. My mother taught us, our mother taught us how to deal with, we didn't know the term then. Yeah, but we, we didn't can, know. We didn't know, but how to deal with microaggressions yep. and macroaggressions. Yeah, we didn't know what to call we it We didn't then. know what to call them. Mm-hmm. But when you were living, even being little, living while black, things were happening. Now, Barbecue Becky wasn't calling because uh, no, there were no cell phones back then. Mm-hmm. But these macro and microaggressions were happening every single day. And I'll thank God for our, our mother. And how did she learn that? How did she learn that skill? I don't know. Where did she learn that skill? Yeah, because she grew up in, well, it must just be instinctive survival. In her. Uh-huh. And this is in who her. she is. Innate. Inside of yeah, her, yeah, absolutely. But she taught us, and I'm so thankful. She taught us not only insisting us uh, insisting we we learn proper English, air quotes, mm-hmm. if you will, but also how to deal with with these micro and macro aggressions from uh, from little people. But diplomatically, diplomatically, yeah, she wouldn't let us get all we couldn't upset. Get, we couldn't get emotional, and 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 she'd always tell us, "Calm down, calm down, calm down. Use your words and stay you focused. Know, stay you want focused. people to understand what you're saying. You want to get your point across. Otherwise, it's just lost, and it's just you sitting up there hollering and screaming. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That yeah, because we're super good at it. Oh, now. and I am uh, that that comes in in my confidence. Mm-hmm. In my confidence, I don't care what you call me. If it's not Audrey or or Audrey Louise or Dre, if you know me for a long time, way way back, you can call me anything that you want. Nigga, 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 nigga. I don't mm. hear you. I mm. don't care. Mm. You don't get to. Who are you? Mm-hmm. I'm Who glad you? you said kind of I mean, like what you told that guy when he's like, "What are you looking at?" And you said, said nothing. nothing. Same mm-hmm. thing. I tell you, don't. Yeah. I wish I would give you a piece of my emotional energy. 
You don't deserve it, stranger. And that is so important. And I want to just, I want to just, just shift this just a teeny bit because what's also come in my life this week, friends that are asking just for time to talk out loud and and to brainstorm and be strategic, is the many uh, white folks out there that have relatives that are racist. Mm. And, oh, what a, and mm, how, mm. you know, they are they are very adamant, you know, now that they're they're I won't say that they're woke, they're waking up. Mm-hmm. So they're very adamant in their waking up. You know how you wake up in the morning and it takes a minute. Yeah, you, you got to uh, rub your, your eyes. eyes. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so they're in that stage of rubbing their eyes and and really waking up to what's happening around this racist society and realizing that they have family members that are racist. Mm. And and they love them. They love their they brothers love and their sisters. And then there's this part of them that they don't love. And it is very difficult. They're wrestling with, you know, how do I still love my my brother or my sister or my cousin Bob or Auntie Becky? Mm-hmm. How do I still love them when they have this hatred inside of them? And some of these situations that I'm becoming aware of is that say they were born in in the deep south and then they grew up and they came to college out here mm-hmm. and then they stayed here and so through their college and their transitions they've learned to think differently and they've been exposed to more uh diversity you know they grew up in communities where it was all monocultured and and so they didn't have any opportunity to interact with people that are different than them and their cousins and brothers and sisters may have stayed there mm-hmm. and they moved over here and then when they go home or when they're friends on Facebook and you know they continue to interact and they're seeing this hatred pop up now they're conflicted that would be tough they I mean, are that, really, really conflicted. That would be tough. And well, so this whole thing about, you know, how we navigate living while black, living while white with racist family members mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are confronting folks in an inappropriate way. Because, you know, Barbecue Becky and Manager people. Maggie all and all of them, <laughs> they probably got brothers and sisters yeah. that are going like, what? The hell, that's my sister. Oh my God, what are you thinking? How do you, how do you um, reconcile this? And what I've been telling my friends is, first of all, no, what what is Jamie saying? For one of all, for one of all, it's not your job to try to change them. Mm-hmm. You can't because they're going to be who they are. Mm-hmm. So, if family is important to you, then you have to realize that. This is a subject you need to stare away from. Mm-hmm. Don't set just your own boundaries. Just there. set your boundaries and and stick to them. Love them, love them within. Love them within your boundaries. And this may be a situation that you compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we sometimes address um, what what am I trying? Conflict. We sometimes address conflict in a way of compartmentalizing. Mm -hmm. It may be so extreme that you can't compartmentalize it and you may have to let go. You can love them anyway. Love them from afar. 
But if it's something that, you know, because some family members just won't let go. They will just be all up in your Kool-Aid. Right. And continue to force themselves on you. And the other way around. You can't be forcing your views on on them. So this just might be a thing, like, find something else. So, hmm, how about, how about those them Seahawks? Seahawks? Yeah. <laughs> change the subject. That's true. Change That's true. The subject. At the end of the day, you cannot change a grown person. You nope. cannot, you, I don't care how you try, you cannot change them. Only thing you can do is change yourself. Mm-hmm. And I like the way you said, love them from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have family. We all, um, even even the barbecue Beckys and the and everybody that out there who has been calling police on black people who all they're doing is living is black. They all have family too, and I would like to. And a lot of it has to do with where was the where was the relationship before? Do you have the kind of relationship where you could say, "Now, girl, you know that was wrong. Mm-hmm, that you was know foul. what the hell were you thinking?" So, depend at all. There's a lot of different factors that go into it, but. Um, which which really have to understand you can't change people and you make you get to decide do you love them from afar do you love them within what are your boundaries love them within your boundaries and keep it pushing mm-hmm. yep but i think i think we did help somebody today especially the 911 dispatchers i hope you know i hope <laughs> i'm i'm very glad i hope that if we didn't do anything else today that we brought to light how ridiculous how ridiculous it is to look at a person's skin color and and think ill of them when you don't even know them. Mm-hmm. I hope we brought that to light. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. Girl. Oh, the, the, this was really recent too. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. But do that call the police on the young man that was just waiting for his friend. And and he had his little son with him, and the son was like, oh, "Daddy, Daddy, no, stop. Daddy, stop, oh, Daddy, don't do that." Oh my god! And he just felt like he need. I mean, he, was he so went privileged. all in. Oh my! God. And as I was reading the comments, you know, there was a lot of comments. There was so many people trying to um, defend this this man because they said that this guy. Followed him into the unlocked door. You know what? But I, I, I just that one stuck. I just recently, just recently filtered through, filtered that through my system, uh, uh, the residue of it, because it broke my heart to see this man in the front of his son his, and the baby. He was like seven, eight years yes, old. Was going, Daddy, yes. stop, Daddy. You know when the baby sees that this is wrong mm. the baby sees it but that man the 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 privilege and 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 the racism was so ingrained in him that he was willing to expose his son to that by any means necessary this nigger is gonna get out of this building I'm or gonna show me whip some him. ID I'm gonna that's what's gonna him. happen here and, and he, he is not that, listening to me and 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 I'm what the whole time I'm watching this little boy, and I modern mean, day I cried. I cried. Yes, I was like, Oh my how sick, goodness, how sick! But you know what? What is that? Um, let me sum this all up. What is the lady said that we were talking about last night? The doctor um, who did oh, the uh, blue and blue, Jane, uh, blue eyes, brown blue eyes, eyes, Jane, brown eyes, Jane Godall, Jane, 
Uh, I think it's no, Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott. Goodall is the gorillas. Gorillas, yeah. Yeah, Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott. Brown eyes, blue eyes experiment. Summed it up very succinctly. Racism is ignorance. Period. It is a it is a learned behavior, and if you can learn it, you can unlearn it. People like that man, when his son is crying in front of him, begging him to stop and let's go. He was ignoring his son because that is how deep that ignorance and that is how ignorant he is. That man is because the 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 racism took precedence. Him holding on to that took precedence over his flesh and blood. Shame on him. And that's how racism is perpetuated. What say you? What say you? Thank you for listening to What Say You. If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.